You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher discuss what grieving has historically looked like for Candace and how the recent loss of her brother has impacted her. Listen in and see if you can relate or become curious about your own grief journey. Hey, Candace. Hey, Cher. How are you today? I'm doing well. And today we are going to talk about something that's going on right now in your life. And that is the big story of grief that you are processing right now. And we just really have talked about what would it be like to bring this little glimpse of your journey with grief in real time to the podcast today. So it requires a lot of courage. And I want for us to go very gently and very slow, but with a realization that when we do story work and when we process our trauma, one of the things that we are looking for is what are themes that we see kind of showing up over and over in our lives. One of the things that we have talked about is that your story, your life story contains so many stories of grief. And here you are right now in a time when you have had the major loss of your brother. Your brother passed away last week unexpectedly. And you're processing that now in a way very differently than you have processed losses in your past. And so we just wanted to talk a little bit about this topic today. Of what does it mean when a person has complex PTSD, has experienced a lot of harm and trauma in childhood, a lot of loss, and then finds yourself facing this theme again, but differently? Candice, just tell us a little bit how you're doing, how you're coming today, and just where would you like to begin? Thank you for wanting to go here with me. It, it's definitely not comfortable. It does feel vulnerable. But I mean, if it can actually just help one listener to know that, you know, it, it's complicated when we're talking about loss and grief when maybe you've had complex childhood trauma and you don't even know what that completely means at this point. So it took me a long time. And I would say I'm still understanding how much loss that I had in my childhood. I've had to contend with this part of me who feels that to really look deeply at this and to name it, that it will take over or I won't be able to keep a handle on it. Yeah. Just being able to begin to say, I had a lot of loss in childhood. Yeah. And as a child, we know that we can go through hard things and those hard things become traumatic when we felt like we were processing too much, too fast, and alone. Mm -hmm. And you and I just talked a little bit about a few stories of grief and loss as a child. It's not that your parents were not there. 
And it's not that they intended harm. And we want to be really clear on that, that we recognize that people weren't talking about how to process grief back in the 60s or when our parents were growing up in the 40s or 50s. So it's not that at all that we are trying to point a finger of blame, but we do want to talk about what was it like as a child to experience loss. And I don't know if you want to just maybe talk about one example, but just as you and I talked, you had a lot of loss in childhood. How were you guided toward or through times of grief and loss as a child? Well, I wasn't guided through grief and loss, but it it was more, you know, something would happen. For instance, the day I came home and they had to get rid of my dog you know, the tears that came, everything was kind of always framed in, yeah, that's sad. Now let's move on. Yeah. And so there was this theme of, yes, bad things happen. Loss occurs. Mm. It wasn't a denial, but it was more of only an acknowledgement in words. And then we need to move on. For me personally, because there was so much loss that never was processed or talked through, I know that it led me into the you know later years, those early teen years of a lot of anger stored in my body yeah. and a lot of ways that I learned to cope. Do you remember as a child actually having long periods of time when you just felt sad? Or do you think that as a child, you you were able to just push it down and not feel? Well, not only was I able to push it down, I actually thought that was a good thing to do. Is what was demanded of you. Yeah. For a while and even into my young adulthood and, and later years, you know, my ability to just not go there, I thought was a strength, you know, especially when you mix in some of the messages that we can receive around our faith. Yeah. I want to ask this question. I think it would be worthy to name if you feel like you can. You're even hearing some, some of those messages now as you're going through this loss with your brother. You're hearing some of those messages today. And do you want to just name a few of the things that you have heard people say that that indicate, okay, let's get through this and move on? or, Or what are those messages looking like today? You know, I think some of the complexity for me in this is I sincerely never want to hurt anyone. And sometimes that keeps me from really using my voice in a way to bring compassion and understanding. Yeah. You know, the the fear of if I'm really honest about something, people are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one extreme, right? I hold back yeah. because I fear that the truth that I carry will hurt someone. Yeah. And then the other extreme of letting my anger out in ways that are hurtful. 
as we talked preparing for this, you kind of voiced some of that fear about yourself with your coach. Mm-hmm. You you asked the question, if I allow myself to go here, will it be too much? Will it be overwhelming? Do you want to just talk a little bit about what that feels like and then how your coach Patria moved in and, and brought care to you in that moment? You know, it was kind of this, it's okay to feel a little grief and then you better quickly get a handle on it because something bad could happen or you don't have enough faith or it's not productive (laughs) yeah, or it's weak. Mm. And so contending with that has been, what does it look like for me to fully go through the grief process? Mm. And so I was telling my coach, it's actually a podcast I was listening to about either being in this place of denial or minimizing or going to the other side and just letting grief define you and take over your life and drown you. Mm. That my fear was that that's what would happen. Yeah. That's who I would be. Mm. And she just so lovingly, because she knows my stories too. Yeah. Said Candace, you lean more towards the minimization. Yeah. And and actually people who have complex childhood trauma, CPTSD, most everybody does that. Yeah. Being able to hear her and actually know that I know that that's true. Yeah. And I will say also, you are processing your stories of grief and loss. Mm. You have places now where you can bring glimpses or pieces and not have to hold a whole lifetime of grief behind the dam. You're letting it spill over. You're processing it. You're talking about it. For me, I think grief has a mind of its own. In a lot of ways, it comes and goes and it's hard or not as hard. We, we don't necessarily control what we feel like on, every, on, on any given morning when we, when we wake up. But I think that because you are processing your grief all the way back to those early years of loss, it not only does it enable you to not be overwhelmed by grief, but it really enables you to enter the grief process more fully with your body and soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. And others. Yeah. And others. And that's been a beautiful outcome of allowing myself to fully grieve. You know, every once in a while, I run into just be positive, think positive thoughts. I'm not even saying that's always bad. Yeah. The, the, the issue with me is I was always positive. Yeah. Being positive is not an issue for me. Yeah. Being in denial about the real hurt and pain has yeah. been more of an issue for me. I have actually hope, faith, and love right there all the time. Yeah. But... Being able to truly weep with those who weep, weep for myself, 
Yeah. That has been more authentic for me just in the last few years. Yeah. Your dad passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Prior to you doing a lot of this story work that we've been doing very intensively in the last three years, mm-hmm. but you did enter the grief process with your dad and in, in, in just some very, very beautiful ways and even began a platform called Grief Untangled and, and really reached out and made yourself available to people in the grief process. You're not just starting this. You've been in this learning and growing and entering. And I'm curious to know if you can identify, and of course, Losing your dad is different than losing a brother. So we're not comparing. But what, I, what I'm asking is, how are you going through, and of course, you're only one week into the loss of your brother. How do you think you're going through it differently now because of the very intensive story work that you've done over the last three years? Well, as I mentioned to you before we started recording my dad's loss, it pulled the rug out from under me. Yeah. The the level of emotional pain that I felt was off the charts. And it really, I, I just say my grief demanded my attention. Yeah. Thankfully, I did have some support that helped me in that place of grief. And like you said, I moved into wanting to help other people in their grief and even got certified to work with people in traumatic grief and loss. Entering into story work put another layer to it of entering into the grief of my own losses in childhood and, you know, even ways that I would cope and numb. Yeah. This time it's, I feel like I'm still powering up a little bit and trying to just push through. Like there's just things that have to be done at this stage. So there's probably more coming, maybe, I don't know. But I think being able to process it with my friends and you and our group, I I haven't been real involved lately because I've had a lot going on. But I don't know, just knowing I'm not alone and whether I'm having a good day or I'm having a moment, yeah. I just, I don't feel alone. I yeah. know I can process it. I just know it's different now. Yeah, I love that. And I think also the fact that as a child, you had to immediately push things down, push your emotions down, push your pain down, minimize it with a quick, we know this is sad, but, mm-hmm. and move on. And what does it feel like now to know that you are surrounded by people who can invite you even deeper, who might say, you go there, you go there, girl, I want to hear, I want to know. It's exactly the opposite of minimizing it. It's, It's saying, come, bring whatever you're feeling and let's explore. Mm hmm. Well, I wish I could say that it always feels good. Yeah. But it always feels like love. Yeah. It always feels like I'm being seen and cared for. And though I can have a tendency to maybe not want to go there at times, I'm actually compelled because I know that it's good for me. Yeah. You know, I want to say that 
I believe, you know, when you, when you were talking about the losses that I had and had to push them down, I'm going to say many of our listeners have that same story, Yeah, whether it was one traumatic loss or, you know, even losing, it, it doesn't matter. It's like you said, it's not comparing. Yeah. And so I, I feel deep compassion for not only myself in the way that I had to step down my grief, but for, for those that are still doing that today and they don't, and they do feel alone, they, they, they're still denying or minimizing, or they feel like grief is drowning them and defining them. Yeah, it is. It's so real. And even though grief has been talked about so much in our culture, it's when it comes right down to experiencing it and moving through it, it's hard. And a lot of times we don't know how to contain someone else's grief and allow them to really process through it the way that is so necessary. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, as you're going through these first days of grief right now, can you think of a few particular things that you are doing to bring really gentle, and loving care to yourself, to your body, to your soul, to your spirit? What are some things that you're doing to take care of yourself? Well, what's coming to my mind is I've set a few boundaries on some conversations that were not going to be helpful. Yesterday, I, I laid on the couch and listened to two meditations that just really brought some soothing. I have been out outdoors a lot, yeah. walking, moving my body. Prayer is always a part of my journey, no matter what I'm going through, knowing that I do believe in a God who comforts the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And, you know, processing with my husband, you know, he's been just asking me what I need. And then also, knowing that I'm very grateful that I have space to hold the grief of those around me, my mom, my brother's son. I love that I can just also be there for them while caring for my own grief. Yeah, it's so good and so important to be able to have time and space and support. And also, like you said, to also share in the grief of those who are around you. I mean, mm -hmm. when you bring comfort to them, you're sharing in their grief. And it's again, they're not alone and you're not alone. And that is, I love, I love so much how you said it doesn't feel good, but it feels like love. I heard someone say the other day that sometimes the truth hurts before it sets us free. Mm -hmm. And I really thought about that. And I think that it, the truth that when you're inviting me to go more, to go deeper, that, that there is a little pain there, but I also know because it is love, there's going to be more freedom in that for me. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you, Cher, mm -hmm. for being so kind and gentle with me this last week. Mm. Not that you aren't usually. If you listen to our podcast last week, you know, Cher did her first monologue, which is amazing. And so just, I just felt like you were 
thinking of ways that you could help me in this space, not to feel any pressure to perform in any way. Yeah. And that's been a gift to me. Yeah. It shows how much I love you and care about you and recognize this is hard. This is a very hard time. And I honor that. And I do now have the capacity to be with you Mm -hmm. there and to allow you the space and the time and the tenderness Mm -hmm. that you need to go through it, however that looks, whether that's a day, a week, a month, a year. I don't know. We don't know what it's going to look like. But I love that you know and you sense that you are so cared for Mm -hmm. in this space. I do want to just say to our listeners that many of you we know have grief and loss in your stories. This is a very prevalent theme that is found in our life stories. And that when there is trauma surrounding our grief and loss, and we're not able to process it, and we are left alone, that gets stuck in our body and in our soul. And so I invite our listeners to turn their attention a little bit to their own stories, maybe a story, a time, and and what was it like to go through that? And then if possible, talk about that with someone who can enter and hold a little bit of space and allow you to process. It's just so worthy to to do and to give the time and attention. So Candice, thank you for, for your courage today to bring just your very real, in time, very vulnerable heart today. Really just so beautiful. Thank you, Cher. I just taking a deep breath that this is over (laughs) and just so grateful for your pursuit of my heart in this. Mm, Love you, friend. I love you too. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Potted Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.